Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Brain Dropping, Season 1, Episode 12, Observations. As always, I'm your host, Joe Show, leading the ship tonight solo. So you get an hour of me, maybe a couple minutes more or less. Depends on how we, uh, we flow through the podcast tonight. But I wanted to bring forth a new podcast uh, this week. I'm about to travel in the next couple of days and... Uh, although I'll have my mic with me and I'm only gone for a couple of days, I still want to be able to give you fresh content at all times. So leading into observations, what am I observing? What is this entire podcast about? Well, stay tuned, baby birds. I'm going to feed you. Um, tonight's episode will be just some of my observations. Um, a couple of different topics. I'm going to introduce a new topic tonight. Uh, it's called the What the Fuck File. And it's going to consider stories that are interesting or odd in the news now, uh, domestically and internationally. Uh, Entertainment news. I spent a good portion of my day today kind of grabbing some headlines. Uh, And there have been some good ones. Twitter, totally killing my vibe. Another topic we're going to talk about. What's trending on Pornhub today? It's always good to know, right? And my kids oversharing. But the first topic I wanted to um, talk about tonight is one that I'm kind of passionate about in my own sarcastic way. Uh, The topic is directions and side effects, um, how to handle overpopulation and stupidity together, and one solution. Um, Think about it. There are several products out there right now in the marketplace that you can go to your local, you know, supermarket, department store, um, Walmart, Target, and pickup that have directions on them. And I have a real problem with this. There are certain products that we have as a society, in my belief, and I have a singular belief structure, um, that I believe have run their course in regards to requiring directions to utilize them. And so you're saying to yourself, you're going, Joe, okay, what do you got? And The first one that comes to mind to me is shampoo. (laughs) It sounds stupid, I know. But if you think about it, why the flip do we still need directions for shampoo? Have we not gotten to a spot in our society in which you don't have to look at the bottle and be like, oh, shit, yes, wet my head first. That's what I was supposed to do. Um, That's definitely one of the items that I would remove the instructions directions from right off the bat um i would say another one 
for sure is the direction that says, please remove wrapper before putting into a microwave when it's on, when it's in a microwave popcorn bag, because they come individually wrapped in a plastic flow wrap. And then you have the bag itself. Who on this planet is dumb enough? If you're not high, I, if, if you're not high, this applies to you. If you're high, I can see why these directions would help you, but are we truly still putting directions and instructions to cater to the lowest common denominator of intelligence in the group? I mean, at some point, isn't it just common knowledge? You would obviously take the plastic bag off of the bag of popcorn before putting it in the microwave. It doesn't come out the same size you put it in. The bag doesn't allow for the inner bag to expand. This is a common sense thing. Um, another favorite of mine is any type of canned good. Just seriously, look at the canned good and look at instruction number one, whether it's green beans, corn, beans, um, peaches. Step one is always open lid. Okay, I got gotcha. you. I'm not sure we need that. I mean, it's not like I'm jamming a straw on the side of a tin can and sucking the peaches out. That's not happening. So I'm always, you know, at a loss for why we need certain directions and instructions. Personally, I feel like if we remove all of the ones that are just straight common sense, and then we remove the ones that require you to actually comprehend we may be one step closer to solving the overpopulation problem that our planet's facing right now. Think of how many stupids we could wipe out by just removing two lines of directions and instructions. Oh, I wasn't supposed to make toast in the tub. Um, you know, that's in the warning booklet. Buy a toaster. I swear to God it's in there. Do not use in water or tub. And they have a picture of a tub. Like, who's still at this point doing that kind of thing? Whoever did that? You know, there's, there's so many of them that if I were to try to go through them all, I would lose my mind. But I really believe that this would help us with overpopulation. We could weed out the herd, so to speak. Um, there was a, a comic. His name is, oh, this is going to kill me because I'm sometimes late on these. His name is Ron White. He was on the Blue Collar Comedy Tour with Jeff Boxworthy, uh, and Larry the Cable Guy, and Bill Ingvall. And then he kind of branched off and did his own thing. And I was watching one of his specials, and he made a, a funny comment about stupid. And I'm not talking about people that have developmental difficulties. I'm talking about people that are just straight up stupid from a common sense perspective. And his line in his comedy special was, you can fix your nose if you don't like your nose. If it's too big, it's too small. If it's tilted to the side, you can always break and fix your nose. You can fix your belly. If you're fat, you can have the fat sucked right out. You can sculpt it. You can do cool sculpting. You can do lipo. You can fix your belly. You can fix your ass. If you don't like your boobs, you can, you can get a pair of boobs. You can fix those. But one thing you can't fix is stupid. Stupid is forever. So when you take that into consideration, um, I think we could cut the population by a strong, if I'm being bold, 4%. I mean, you do the math. Um, China alone has over 3 billion people in it. <laughs> if you cut 4% globally, 
wouldn't we all have a little more extra room? Maybe your postage stamp yard is, you know, a longer rectangle, or maybe if you have five acres, you now have eight acres. Your neighbors aren't so close by. There's a lot less stupidity that we are that we are catering down to the lowest common denominator in our society for. Um, it should be noted that this is satire. Um, sometimes I, I say things that are controversial or undereducated, and I'm doing it for the laugh. I'm doing it to be funny. Um, none of this is, are my true beliefs. Uh, some, some are far gentler than what I'm going to present to you. But, you know, in, in the overall, especially on the podcast, it's all satire. So that kind of brings me to the second half of this discussion of directions and things we don't need. And one of the things I don't need is I don't need a fifth or 30 second commercial spot for a prescription drug to be filled with 20 seconds worth of side effects and only 10 seconds worth of a promo for the actual drug that you're selling to me. And I don't know if you've kind of observed this. I, I have, I can't unsee what I've seen when it comes to um, the side effects. They are bizarre. I mean, for instance, take Shantix. It's one of the most popular commercials that's on television right now. It's got a very bloated, aging, over-Botoxed, too much work done in Hollywood, Ray Liotta. That is no Henry Hill in the commercial. That is no dude from, I forget the, the cop drama he was in with J-Lo. Um, and it's probably a good thing. Blue Bloods, maybe? No, it's not Blue Bloods. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's got Ray Liotta. He's talking about how he quit smoking with Chantix. Have he only talks for maybe 12 seconds in a 30 second spot. The rest is the list of possible serious and common side effects with Shantix. And I won't bore you with all of them, but seizures, that's, that's not a good thing. I don't know if, if I'm willing to trade a pack a day habit for a lifetime of seizures. I might have to pass on that. Some of them are innocuous sleepwalking's on there. Hell yeah, I'll sign up for sleepwalking. As long as you put a baby gate by the door, maybe double it up so I don't fold over it and fly down the steps, I'll, I'll sign up. <laughs> I will absolutely sign up for sleepwalking. Um, this one's in the middle. Serious skin reactions, including rash, swelling, redness, peeling of the skin. Some of these skin reactions can become life-threatening. Oh, really? Okay, so again, I'm going back to what the ask is. And Shantix is asking me to take their medicine so that I stop smoking. For the record and for the podcast, for anybody listening that knows me, I do not smoke. I'm just commenting on what I've seen. Okay. And I have to put myself in a position of would I trade a habit? And you can pick any habit. People are addicted to different things. I know people that straight up every afternoon, without a doubt, have to have chocolate. It is bizarre. I watch it in my office every single day. That person will remain, remain nameless, but every single day, that person at a specific time in the afternoon gets up, goes get a piece of chocolate, comes back down, sits down. It is a habit. Now, there are no don't eat the chocolate pills out there, and if they did, I don't know what the side effects would be. You know, healthier living, lower blood pressure, uh, higher good cholesterol, lower bad cholesterol. I don't know. But I'll just go with Shantix because that's where we started this journey. Um, I'm not trading a serious skin reaction that may become life-threatening to stop smoking. It's not happening. Um, 
you know, trouble breathing, these, these, that's more of the anaphylactic. If, if you take anything that's going to provide you with an anaphylactic reaction, I'm not down for that. You know, can you do a test patch? Can we can I get a little just get a little Shantix and see if anything bad happens before we ramp it up to the prescription level? Um, but here are the common side effects associated with Shantix. Nausea, sleep problems, trouble sleeping or vivid, unusual and strange dreams, constipation, gas and vomiting. Let me run through that one more time. Nausea, sleep problems, constipation, gas and vomiting. I, I don't know if I really want that. When I'm, when I'm trying to quit smoking, do I want to trade feeling like I'm going to puke or puking, um, horrific gas, the inability to poop? We all need to poop. And sleep problems, I don't know about you listening, I can tell you this guy here values uninterrupted sleep. So I don't want to have trouble sleeping or vivid, unusual, or strange dreams. I would like to just fall asleep. And for the record, oddly, I can count on one hand. I'll include the thumb. It's probably five. I can count on one hand the number of vivid or strange dreams that I've had in my entire 45 years on the planet. It's bizarre. Some people, and I do, we all know people. We all know somebody, you, may, you listening, maybe that person who every single night has dreams. Uh, the person who can recall their dreams the next day um, and has them frequently. I'm not that guy. I literally, if I wanted to know what death was, it's when I fall asleep. It's nothing but silence, blackness, silence. I very rarely, if ever, dream, and I sure as shit don't remember them. I remember the five that I've commented on, and maybe I'll do a podcast where I just scroll through each of the five bizarre dreams and then put a you know a question out to Twitter um, at brain at droppings underscore pod for you to tell me strange dreams you've had because I've had some bizarre ones. Um, so Shantix, I'm not sure that the ask versus the possibility of side effects is worth it for me. Now, there's a ton of different medicines that are on the market today, you know, whether they're antidepressants, whether they're anti-inflammatories, whether they're um, for, you know, blood clotting or cancer treatment or um, any type of treatment, specifically an antibiotic all the way through your common Tylenol. They all have side effects and we mitigate these when we take them. We have a headache. Oh, we got to take Tylenol. Okay, that's great. We all take Tylenol. Did you know that just taking Tylenol can have adverse effects if you are allergic to it? Yeah. I mean, no joke. Ibuprofen. So that's not Tylenol. That's acetaminophen. So we'll talk Motrin, okay? Ibuprofen. Ibuprofen can burn you alive. It's incredibly rare. But in five out of every one million users of ibuprofen, the magical headache and inflammation cure-all, it can cause something called Steven Johnson syndrome, SGS. SJS is a condition that causes blistering over the bodies and patients who continue to ingest Motrin or ibuprofen after being diagnosed with SJS can go on to develop something called toxic epidural necrolysis. I probably 
No, actually, I think I said that right. Necrolysis. God damn. Sometimes I, I even impress me sometimes, and that's hard to do, um, which causes third-degree burns all over the body, and it's fatal in 30% of the cases. Think about that for a second. Three of five out of every one million users are going to develop this. That's frightening. It can also make you throw up what looks like coffee because it's internal bleeding caused by stomach ulcers if you take too much of it. It's absolutely, I've never been afraid of Advil. Now I'm afraid of Advil. I'm a guy that I don't need to know all of these side effects because all you're doing is feeding into my superstitions, my fears. Um, I don't need this. I really don't. Um, There are some bizarre side effects. Did you know that taking Viagra, if you have a weird, um, I don't know, allergy or side effect to taking Viagra, you can actually not just get a four-hour-long erection, no matter how awesome that might sound. Um, You can get a condition called preapsum, and that's basically, it's named after the Greek god of fertility. Pious, who is known for his permanent erection, but it means the penis's blood vessels refuse to relax. And in super, super extreme cases, the penis will need to be amputated. Let that wash over your brain for a second, people. So for the guy who takes, I don't know, I think the average um, milligrams for Viagra pill is 50 to 100. Say you, uh, say you quad it up on a, on 100 mil and you went four. And you ended up with this four-hour-long erection because you wanted to have that night where you were the porn star guy of the night. That's all well and good. Now, hour five and six, you're obviously destroyed tired. If you can go for two hours, God bless you. You go three, that's marathon quality. It's a very small percentage of the population. You go four, and if you're not staying hydrated, (laughs) you're going to be just dust at the end. But needless to say, after that kind of strenuous cardiovascular activity of sex, um, for four to five hours, you're going to want to do one thing and one thing only. You're going to want to sleep. So say you find a comfortable position in your bed. Maybe you have memory foam. Maybe you have a soft pillow top where you can actually lay the kickstand and it's not bothering you. Now you sleep. Average person sleeps about six and a half hours. So now you've had an erection for 12 and a half hours. At that point, by the time you get to the ER and have this thing checked out, it's not good. You could run the risk of having to have it amputated. Now, if you listen to my last podcast that I did with Kate, which was a serious one on the opioid crisis, we talked about a reversal drug that's available on the market. It's called Narcan. And if somebody's ODing on heroin or uh, an opiate, and you provide them with this Narcan, you basically rip the drug from the neuroreceptors in the brain and allow the person to kind of come back. There is no Narcan for your penis, okay? There's no, they can't just you know, hit it with pins and have you turn into like a, a sprinkler on the sides and allow the blood to flow out of the blood vessels. That, none of that happens. You could seriously run the risk of having your penis amputated. Now, fortunately for me, I haven't gone down the Viagra driveway yet. Um, I hope I don't ever have to because that side effect sounds bizarre. And to know me is to know that if I 
had that happen, I would go until I passed out and then I would sleep and then I would probably have my penis lopped off at the ER. So not really, not really feeling the side effects of Viagra, not as bad as Shantix. Um, but there are, there's another drug that's on the market. I think it's uh, Humira. Yes, I've seen that commercial a bazillion times. Humira's got some bizarre side effects. And again, it's everything from injection site reactions, which are not that bad. You know, redness, itching, pain, bruising, swelling, bleeding. That shit happens when you get injected. It doesn't matter who you are. Everybody has a, some sort of reaction at the injection site, whether you're getting your tetanus shot or you're getting your flu shot or say you know, you just got woke and you've decided to now get vaccinated as an adult or as a, an adolescent. Good on you. Um, I, I, I'm happy for you. But that site's going to have some redness, maybe some itching and bruising, swelling, bleeding. Um, and then there's your, your standards, your headache, stuffy nose, sinus pain or stomach pain. Well, stomach pain's kind of a gray area for me. I want to know what are we talking about? What kind Stomach pain. Give me a give me a pain scale level and use my threshold of pain. So basically, anything over a four to a to a to me is somewhere about a nine and a half to most people. I have borderline superhuman pain tolerance. I, I can't explain it. I've had several instances throughout my existence where a normal person would crumble under the pressure of the pain that they would be feeling, and I'm sort of immune to it. Um, I've never in my life uttered the words, ow, this hangnail really hurts. Um, <laughs> I've never said that. Um, I've gotten stitches, I've broken bones and never had one of those screaming, yelling, uncontrollable howl adrenaline rushes. To me, it's always been, and I, and I, I don't know if I attribute it to my training as a flight line firefighter in the United States Air Force, um, handling stressful situations while also being a paramedic. Um, but I just don't get rattled. I don't get rattled by the sight of blood and guts. Um, and I don't get rattled by the sight, the sight of my own blood and guts and pain. So, but define stomach pain, you know, that's kind of, kind of in the middle for me then they only seem to get grayer from that point forward i'm gonna take a quick drink <sighs> nothing alcoholic people sadly it's near midnight on the east coast and i'm drinking a monster why because i can't give you a lame tired podcast i have to be on my game i have to be next level joe i have to make sure that i'm entertaining and I'm bringing you information. And if I'm lazy, tired, and beat down from a full day selling candy to the masses across the United States or being a parent or making runs to, you know, grocery stores, the department store, the mall, I, I can't be my best. So for you, I'm drinking a monster. Now, I won't sleep now until 2.30 this morning, but you're going to get a good podcast. So Back to the Humira side effects. Like I said, they start graying out after stomach pain. Um, blood in stools. Okay. Good one. Blood in stools. New blood, old blood. Let's talk about that because we all know. And if you don't, well, then who's to say I don't provide education in my podcast? Um, there are two types of blood that you can find in your stool. New blood and old blood is what it's called. Um, 
New blood is what you're most familiar with. It's if you cut your finger, you see the redness of the blood. Um, that's new blood. If you get up from the bowl and you see red blood in the water, yeah, that's new blood. That's hemorrhoidal. That's uh, tear. That's new blood. Old blood is blood that originates somewhere else in the body, travels through the digestive tract, or travels from its origin point through the colon, and it comes out looking tarry or like coffee grinds. That's one you don't want to mess with. So for future reference, if you're a dude or a lady um, and you're young enough that it hasn't happened to you yet, one of these days, if you're unfortunate enough to have it happen to you, you will sit down to go poop. You will get up and there will be blood in the water and you will seriously freak the fuck out. Um, if you're a guy, it's even worse because with a, women, with a woman, there's an opportunity that it could be another option. Uh, with a guy, there is no other option. It only came out of one spot, so panic sets in. Fear not. As long as it clears in a day or two, you're in good shape. Um, and there's your PSA for tonight's podcast. Jesus Christ. Um, severe headache. Okay, if I get a migraine for Humira, I think the, the, the risk versus reward there, I'm okay. Um, easy bruising or bleeding. Okay, so define the bleeding piece. Bruising, I get. Um, bleeding. Are you saying that I start getting paper thin skin? That's, I'm, I'm not a fan of that. Um, so I want, I want some more stuff with that dark urine. All right. Well, I drink my coffee in the morning. That first pee afterwards, not only smells like the brew, it's dark. Uh, I'm not worried about that too much. Yellowing eyes and skin. Okay. Red flag. Hi, have we met? Um, I'm not sure I want to turn yellow. I don't want my eyes to be yellow. I don't want my skin to be yellow. That's no good. That's no bueno. Um, yellowing of the eyes and the skin is typically a sign of liver failure. Uh, so you don't, you don't want that at all. Uh, that's, that's bad. Leg pain and swelling. I could deal with a little bit of both. Again, define your pain scale to me and I'll go with it. Um, numbness, tingling in the arms, legs, and feet. Again, we've all sat on our leg. You can deal with that as long as it's not persistent, you know, for weeks, days, months, years. I'm good with that. Um, Unsteadiness, eh, okay, gray, <laughs> I'm not sure. I want the vertigo feel going on. Um, vision changes, extreme fatigue, joint pain, or butterfly-shaped rash on the nose and cheeks. Well, lucky for you fuckers, I already have the butterfly rash on my nose and cheeks. It's called dry skin in my T area. Women, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It branches from the bridge of my nose across both of my cheekbones, um, it's only prevalent for me in the fall and in the winter months. And then by summer and spring, it tends to clear and I get super smooth, beautifully olive skin uh, that I'm blessed with through the Italian side of my family. But there are some other things that you should absolutely stop taking Humera if you experience. And that is, and I shit you not, liver problems, lupus-like syndromes, nerve issues, signs of tuberculosis. Um, these are all no bueno. <laughs> so these side effects, they, they blow my mind. They're, they're across so many different medicines that you can possibly take. Um, I'm, tr I'm looking at a, a list right now and some of the ones, the, the, the medications I've never heard of. So I, I don't really want to talk about side effects for medications I've never heard of. However, um, unusual urges for sex and gambling is a side effect that I thought to myself, really? And, it's, and the funny thing is, 
it's associated with an antidepressant. So gambling and increased sexual urges are known side effects of several medications. Common culprits include Requipped, a medication for restless legs and an antidepressant. Oh, and antidepressant Abilify, which cause uncontrollable urges to gamble, binge eat, shop, and have sex. Again, let that wash over you for a second. If you take Requip, which is, you know, for restless leg syndrome, or you take Abilify, which is an antidepressant and it's widely prescribed, you may have an unusual urge or an uncontrollable urge to gamble, binge eat, shop, and have sex. Isn't that just living? I mean, I'm not, I don't have the uncontrollable urge to gamble, but don't we all have moments where we binge eat one way or another? I'm not advocating eating disorders in any slight way. What I'm getting at is we've all had that, that moment where we're, we're at the Wendy's drive through and it's like you roll up there and in your mind's eye, all you're going to get is a Diet Coke and then you see the menu board. And before you can even stop the filter of your brain, you've already ordered a biggie bag for $5 and you're thinking to yourself, you know, I think an extra junior bacon cheeseburger deluxe would go well with this meal and really fill me up. That's binge eating people, or at least that's how I define it. Um, shopping and have sex. I mean, please, people, <laughs> do you have a heartbeat? <laughs> have you ever wanted to shop for something? Have you ever wanted to have sex? It's an uncontrollable urge. That I would have to see, like, how do we apply this? But, you know, I'm looking through the rest of the list. I don't really see anything. Um, oh, Sudafed can cause the loss of smell. That's good to know. Um <laughs> That's not good. Shooting pain and numbness. No, don't know those. <sighs> Looking through them. Okay, so I'll move off of these side effects things. It's it's one of those topics that, you know, just it's it, sometimes that one's better with a back and forth. Um, but these are the ones that, you know, percolate in my brain. I can't watch any of the drug commercials. And, you know, if you've listened to the podcast, the first 11 of them, you've heard me mention throughout it that Kate and I watch a lot of Criminal Minds, Law and Order, SVU, NCIS, Blue Bloods. Um, we don't watch Private Eyes and we don't watch Chicago PD. And with those crime dramas, for some reason, they're typically on the Ion Channel, USA, TNT. I don't know why they've cornered the market on crime drama. But they have. And I typically find that on these particular stations, they run these these ads, whether it's Humera, Abilify, um, Chantix, all the time. And every time they're on there, I didn't even get into suicidal thoughts and actions. I, 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 I really can't because I will go off on a tangent where I, I, I look at it as, again, risk versus reward people. OK, there is nothing in this world that I would be willing to give up if the trade-off was suicidal thoughts or actions, okay? Because they tell you to seek your doctor's attention immediately if you have these thoughts. Well, I don't know about you, and I can't get into the mind of an individual who has suicidal thoughts or actions, but the word actions alone, I don't think that person is planning on going to see the fucking physician if it's suicidal actions that are in play. Suicidal thoughts, Again, I don't know the person's mindset at the point in which you have suicidal thoughts that you're also thinking about, you know what? I think I should go see my doctor first. Um, 
I, I can't I can't get through them. So it drives Kate absolutely fucking bananas because whenever we're watching these commercials, I literally have to bite my tongue because a pool of blood forms in there because all I want to do is go, who trades this? Who trades these two things off? I would never. I, I couldn't and I won't. But, you know, I'll, I like I said, I can go off on that forever. Um, I want to introduce because I'm kind of excited about it. I have a new segment for the podcast. I think I'm going to run this on all of the the satire comedy based ones, um, or maybe I'll do them on these like observation and weekend review ones. I'm not 100% sure when I'm going to work them in, but I have a new segment and I'm very proud of it. So without any further ado, I bring you segment two. And this one's called the what the fuck file. <laughs> I came up with it today. I was I was kind of sitting at lunch and scrolling through my phone. And I, I say what the fuck all the time in my head. Um, like, it doesn't matter. If somebody cuts me off in traffic, I'm like, what the fuck? Um, it's kind of my catchphrase. And I debated whether or not I was going to curse a ton on, on my podcast. I kind of chose not to. But... <sighs> If, if I'm being genuine and I'm being honest with you, which is what I'm kind of hoping to grasp with this medium, I use I use fuck a lot. I mean, I use it as an adjective. I never use it around my kids, or I shouldn't say never. I, I seldomly, if ever, use it around my kids. And only now that my 16-year-old has, has kind of crested that, that heap do I feel a little more comfortable with it when he and I are talking. Um, but... I use it a lot when I'm talking to my friends, um, my brother, who you heard on um, one of the other episodes that I did here. You know, it, it's just a word that it, it has no meaning behind it to me other than it's a word for inflection in, in a sentence. So without any further ado, the what the fuck file is going to be filled with odd and interesting stories in the news now. Um, I thought about, you know, what do you do with it and, and how can I make it interesting? So with the what the fuck file, I decided that I wanted to also kind of put an award at the end for like douchebag of the day. <laughs> All right. Douche of the day, douchebag of the day, douchebag of the week, whatever you want to call it. But it's odd news stories from around the world. And yes, as always, Florida's almost always going to be included. And it probably will hold the annual record at the end of 2019 for most douches of the day. But there will be those type of stories. So I was, I was looking through and I was thinking to myself today, is there anything that's weird or interesting that's in the news? And one of the first ones that I read today was that natural light, natty, natty ice, natty light is actually hiring a summer intern this year. And their intern's job is going to be to drink their beer. And they're actually, it's a paid internship. You have to be 21 plus to join. You have to be social, uh, social media savvy and a brand ambassador at events. And you have to be, quote unquote, I shit you not, cool. They'll be accepting resumes until May 26. This is a real summer internship. In the news today, Natty Light seeking an intern to drink their beer for money. Uh, so that means every college age student in America that's 21 plus is absolutely going to be sending 21 to 23 years old should probably be sending their, their uh, resumes to Natty light to see if they can get hired to be 
this year's summer intern. Uh, next one down the list is I'm going to do a story about a New York waiter who returned a check for two hundred. Uh, sorry, $424,000. New York City waiter returns a check for $424,000. That one is pretty cool. How about, why don't you tell me what a Florida woman took out of her pants during a traffic stop? Think about that. And what caused hundreds to be evacuated from an Australian college library today? Those are the stories I'm going to cover one of those I'll choose as my douche of the day. Uh, but let's start right back up. We, we kind of touched the first one with Natty Light. Next one is the New York City waiter that returns a check for $424,000. So let me paint this picture for you, right? This is Patsy's Pizzeria. It's in Harlem, New York. Um, it's famous. It's, it's you know, A-list celebrities, B-list celebrities, local uh, politicians, and presidential candidates have all gone to Patsy's. Okay, Um, so a guy, a waiter, server that was working there had been there for nine years. And this past weekend, a mother, a daughter and a real estate agent sounds like the beginning of a joke, um, walked into Patsy's to get some lunch. They'd gone for coffee. Then they were going to lunch. Long story short, the real estate agent was with them because earlier in the day, the um, the mother was getting all of her papers in order. And this is an elderly mom. I want to say she's probably mid 70s. So the daughter's probably early 40s and the real estate agent is somewhere in the middle. That's my guess when I think about all this, but because the news story didn't really specify, but they all are getting together to go over papers, secure the bank check um, in the amount of $424,000, which were the proceeds of the sale of her other house. And she's going to use this to um, buy her quote unquote forever home you know, leave the city and, and do her thing. So they go there for dinner, uh, for lunch, and they're eating their pizza. And they start looking around. And one of the things to notice when you're at Patsy's is plastered across the walls, like there are in a lot of pizza joints, um, not just in New York City, but throughout the country. They have pictures of celebrities that have eaten at their place. And they comment to the servers, to the server that while there were a lot of pictures on the wall, they noticed that there weren't a lot of women in the photos. And they asked the waiter why there weren't more photos with women prominent in them. And, you know, he's busy. It's a Saturday midday lunch rush. He just said, I, I, you know, and he's got a bit of a, a, a accent to him. And he said, maybe women don't eat a lot of pizza. So fast forward, the bill comes and they stiff the guy on the tip. They didn't like his answer, obviously. So they stiff him on the tip and instead wrote on the receipt, and I quote, women eat pizza, and did you know, women don't leave tips too. Yeah. I, 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 I'm going to go through the other stories, people, but that is your douche of the day. Um, so beyond the douchebaggery of the comment, they wrote and stiffed on the tip, the waiter's clearing the table after they leave, right? It, 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 I'm sure. It's New York City. I'm sure he gets his fair share of super tips in the, the 40 to 50, 60 percentile, and he gets his fair share of those that are you know mid-level, and also he gets stiffed more than a few times. So he's busting the table afterwards, and he notices that there's this envelope on the table. So he tries to you know look at the window. He can't see who it's for, so he just peeks in and sees that this check is for $424,000. 
So he immediately gives it to the owner for safekeeping and the owner puts it in the safe. They try to locate the person, but this is New York City. You know, there's you're bound to find two, three, four, half dozen people with your exact name. So they figured we'll keep it here and we'll see if everything's okay. Well, long story short, the lady went into a panic tizzy on her end. They retraced their steps. They kept to they even called Patsy's Pizzeria. The problem is the Patsy's Pizzeria that they were at was on 100th, 100th and 1 uh, in New York, and they called a different location of Patsy's because there's multiple locations. And that location didn't have the check, so they were panicky, panicky, panicky. So the, the owner and the server went to social media and did a posting about it. And sure enough, within a couple of days, the lady came back in, and she's reunited with the check, and although she tried to tip the waiter to save face after he found the check, he refused, which I thought was super admirable and super cool. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, what are you going to tip me? You know, you, you were kind of mean to me. I, 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 may, I was being cute. I just, you know, maybe women don't eat pizza. There's no reason to be douchey about it. Uh, so he refused the tip, which I thought was great because now he's my new favorite server. Um, she is subsequently was on the news yesterday or this morning saying that she's going to provide him a gift certificate to purchase educational supplies, which, again, wear your crown proudly, lady. You are the douche of the day. Now, sorry, I take these like sip breaks throughout I, I try to go until I can't, I get like the worst dry mouth and then I'm like, all right, I got to take a sip. So the dude's my new favorite server. Next time you find yourself in New York, please check out Patsy's Pizzeria and ask for Armando. It's at 100th street. Um, and tip the dude seriously over tip him because I thought that was the coolest thing. And I promise you the next time I'm in New York, I am going to Patsy's. I will ask for Armando. If he's been there nine years, he's going to be there for the next year and a half, which is probably the time frame between now and my next trip to New York. Um, and I plan on tipping this dude and reminding him that I read his story. So that takes care of Natty Light. It takes care of the dude in New York. We have the douchebag of the day out of the way, which is great. Um, leads us to where all roads always lead, which is the great state of Florida. All right. Um, Florida it holds a special place in our heart. Let's, let's not lie. People, we love Florida for several reasons. Um, Florida, you're special to all of us. It really is. I mean, it's one of my favorite States. I've lived in Florida, so I can make fun of it. Um, I love, I love everything about the state, but from a salacious perspective, I love the news that comes out of there. So, what did a Florida woman produce from her pants during a traffic stop? Well, good question. <laughs> so I'll take you to Florida. 21-year-old man and a 25-year-old woman were pulled over for a traffic violation. I think they rolled through a stop sign. Um, when questioned as to why they were in that area, because when he pulled the licenses, they were like 70, 80 miles away from where their house was. So they were just asked, like, hey, what are you doing around here? And they claimed they were catching frogs and turtles under the underpass when the standard question was asked, do you have anything else, you know, besides the frogs and turtles, a woman reached into her pants and pulled out a small alligator. And when I say small alligators are never really small people. <laughs> I mean, the, the alligator in question 
is the distance from your elbow to the tip of your fingers. Let that sink in. Hold your arm up, a 90-degree angle, fingers pointing to the sky. Look at the distance from the apex or the 90-degree angle of your elbow to the tip of your fingertips. That's how big the alligator in her pants was that she pulled out. The cop was quoted as saying, as surprising as it was that she produced the alligator from her pants, I was more surprised that the mouth of the alligator was not taped. Let that one sink in. Now, I get it. Guys, we have a little more equipment down there that would be in the way of, say, a two and a half foot or a foot and a half alligator shoved down our pants. But ladies, you also have very, very sensitive areas down there that the thought of an unbridled mouth that could just snap down on you in the most precarious way, the most precarious spot, that to me would scare the crap out of me. Now, Sadly, and no matter how hard I scoured the internet today, I was not able to ascertain a photo of either. Because if I did, I would tweet it out so that everybody could see it. Um, and again, follow me at droppings underscore pod on Twitter. If I come across this kind of stuff, I will post about it. Um, I'm a good follow, so give it a shot. Again, it's droppings underscore pod on Twitter. Um, so that leads us to my next story, which is what caused hundreds of to be evacuated from an Australian college library this week. Now, the first reports came in of a gas leak. So, okay, so that seems like it's it, right? But it wasn't. When the fire department arrived, they quickly ascertained that the smell that they were getting was more of a rotting flesh type of smell and less like a natural gas leak. It had some sulfurness to it, but it definitely, if if you've ever smelt something that's decomposing you come across a, a woodland creature that you know was the victim of predator and prey in the wild um and it's been there for a while you've smelt that in, in my former incarnation as a professional um flight line firefighter and paramedic I, i've rolled up on some scenes that were you know that had various stages of decomposition so i know the smell um so they continued to investigate. And as they went through the library, it appears that in one of the trash barrels, they found an opened and ripe durian fruit. Now, if you know anything about this fruit, it is horrific. It tastes delicious. I've had it twice. Uh, tastes delicious. The smell is enough to knock you off your feet. It is horrific on levels that you can't even imagine. And if you haven't looked it up, it's durian, D-U-R-I-A-N. It's a fruit that's indigenous to Southeast Asia. Um, and when ripe, it has the smell of rotting flesh. Um, it was originally, like I said, reported as a gas leak. But after further inspection, it appears that the durian fruit was left in a trash barrel. Now, they didn't indicate whether or not this was a prank. Because that's a very good question to ask. Like, did somebody go into the library durian fruit snack pack in hand and decide, you know, oh, I got an idea. I'm going to grab one of Shakespeare's early edition works that the library has in the conservatory, and I'm going to bring in a ripe durian fruit so I can munch down while I'm reading Shakespeare. 
I don't know. I don't know what they did. I don't know what the motivation behind that would have been. But, yeah, durian fruit evacuates 350 people from an Australian college library. Awesome. <laughs> so that's my uh, what-the-fuck file <laughs> in a nutshell. Um, another segment that I haven't done before is entertainment news. Um, I'm always interested in things that are popping from an entertainment perspective. Um, and today, Monday, the 14th of, oh my God, how horrifically horrible am I? Today is Tuesday, and it's the 14th of May. But yesterday, I read this. Um, it was big news. Steve Harvey was in the news, uh, in entertainment news, for not losing one, but two gigs in one day. And how is that, how in the hell is that even possible? He lost two gigs in one day. Steve Harvey will be replaced on his talk show, Steve Harvey Show, um, by Kelly Clarkson, which, you know, I like Kelly. Don't get me wrong. I'm a big fan. I, I rooted for her when she was an American Idol cont contestant and kind of followed her career along because my musical taste is all across the board. Um, I listen to everything from, you know, 70s southern rock to 80s hairband to 90s grunge to country uh, billy joel neil diamond I, I, i'm all over the place so i like kelly clarkson i like her i like her stage presence she has the voice of an angel uh she's amazing and she's funny too which is what i she's kind of like that triple threat type of entertainer where not only can she sing and can she can she um i don't know speak intelligently when she's talking, but she also has this really silly side to her that she's not afraid to share with her fans or the people that are watching her on TV or listening to her on the radio. And I really appreciate that from an entertainer's perspective because it's a hard ask. You know, I do my podcast so that I can bring this persona of me forward to a greater audience because in my day-to-day -day life, my nine-to-five, I can't be this guy, you know, I could scare, you know, specifically because I'm in sales, you know, if I was in operations, then it doesn't matter because you can be an asshole and you're going to work with the same other five assholes that you work with every single day and everyone's going to be fine. But as a salesperson, you know, my job is to be a chameleon. Um, I have to be able to adapt to the surroundings and situations that I'm in. I have to identify with a, a great number of people across several different levels within an organization, and I have to do so seamlessly. So when I see somebody else that can do that, that can transcend from music to TV to radio and, and do it in such a, a seamless fashion, I admire them. So I admire Kelly Clarkson. I admire her abilities. Um, and so she'll be replacing Steve in his talk show. And this was big news. The funny thing is I've never seen the Steve Harvey talk show. Um, I've seen him on TV a thousand times. I, he does the, the family feud. He has the little big shots. He had his talk show. I mean, you run across him. Uh, SNL has spoofed him more than a few times on theirs. I've seen a couple of his comedy specials. I'm not a huge fan of his comedy. Um, and I do consider myself a fan of all stand up and, um, performance-based comedy, movies, uh, books, you name it. I, hell, I even named my fucking podcast Brain Droppings after the great George Carlin's uh, toilet read or toilet book, uh, Brain Droppings. So I love comedy. Um, I'm just not a huge fan of Steve's, but that's neither here nor there. But like I said, he lost two gigs, not just one. So the talk show, gone. Kelly Clarkson steps in. Now, his other 
TV show, game show, was Little Big Shots. And that's where he had the young kids do incredible acts, right? It was kind of like America's Got Talent for anybody under the age of 11. Well, he's being replaced, and he's being replaced by the executive producer of the show. Now, you want to talk triple threat, Melissa McCarthy is the executive producer. You might know her as the actress from the movie Tammy, from she's been in a thousand different things. I mean, I could continue to list forever. I think it all started with Mike and Molly. Um, I think that was it. Who knows? Um, but she's phenomenal. Melissa McCarthy is hilarious. She's funny. Um, she's a great stand up comic. She's a good actress. Um, and, and she's also behind the scenes. She has a, uh, she's had her directorial debut already. She's now an executive producer on Little Big Shots. So she can do it in front, behind, or on stage. Love that about her. Uh, but she'll be stepping in to be the lead host for Little Big Shots moving forward. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know, you know, of course, through today's TMZ reading, now you have your anonymous sources coming out saying Steve Harvey is a prick, he's hard to work with. Then you have an equal camp coming out saying he's, you know, the nicest guy on the planet, super genuine. I guess from my perspective, it's just like a, who cares? You know, I, maybe I'll see the Kelly Clarkson show once or twice to see if it's any good. Um, Little Big Shots never was a watcher of that show, so it doesn't matter to me who the host is. Um, another piece of news that came out today um, regarding, you know, shows was American Idol um, got renewed, but the judges money is way off. So between Seacrest and the three judges, um, I think the payroll is like $40 million. And I have a, a weird take on that. My thought is, you know, I think it's great. You have Katy Perry out there. You have uh, Luke Bryant and is it Lionel Richie. I think it's the other one. Um, and then you have Ryan Seacrest. Now, I believe Seacrest is probably the most important cast member of the four in regards to driving eyeballs to American Idol. Um, he's been with it. I want to say almost since the inception, if not since the inception. I remember that in the first season, there were two hosts they were trying out. Um, and it, Seacrest was probably one of them if I, if I had to be, if I'm banging my memory banks correctly. But needless to say, um, Seacrest has a wide-ranging appeal. I mean, you can't turn a top 40 station on anywhere in the country on any given day and not either hear a simulcast of his radio program or him doing a countdown um, he, he's just uber involved. And I think that the name Seacrest, Ryan Seacrest brings people, brings viewers towards the TV. Now that's not to say Luke Bryant, Katy Perry and Lionel Richie don't as well. I just don't think that they carry the same cash, um, in regards to bringing people to the show. I think you, you need to have somebody from, and if you look, that's exactly what they're doing. You know, Lionel Richie's your R&B guy, uh, Katy Perry's your pop, and Luke Bryant's your country viewer. So if you're trying to kind of grab different swaths of the country, um, I think it, it worked originally. But I think you can accomplish that by cycling through judges and not necessarily allowing the salaries to inflate to, an, you know, to a level in which it's, it's unsustainable. It doesn't become a profit-based show any longer. You know, when your advertisers 
are spending top dollar to be on during your time slot, but they're not equating the ROI to the spend, at some point you have to cut bait and, and relook at it. And I think, you know, the networks are probably nervous about taking the Q stars off of the judges panel because of their Q ratings and, and how popular they are. Uh, Q rating for anybody that's not in the know, uh, doesn't feel like Googling it, is basically how they're rated out from a popularity perspective, how they drive or they influence. Um, so although all three of those in their different age groups that they drag in from are strong, I'm not necessarily sure that they actually are bringing the viewers in this far into the show's existence. You know, I think the institution of American Idol brings viewers to it. If you're interested in watching the singing, you'll watch, you know, and you've seen different incarnations of the show over the course of the seasons. You know, they used to really harp on the horrific singers, and then we got a little kinder and gentler, and now it's less and less of a focus on, you know, the William Hungs of the world. Uh, inside, outside, in, live la vita loca. You know, you don't, <laughs> that was probably better than he could do. Um, you don't get a ton of that anymore. So it's just taken on a different life. I, I wonder how those judges drag that in. But, you know, I don't know how I got from Steve Harvey to American Idol, but that's the beauty of my podcast. I get to drive the boat however I want to drive it. Um, speaking of a singing show, oh, I'm the best. Speaking of a singing show, I take you to the masked singer and the drama that unfolded in social media today with none other than Terry Bradshaw. And before I get into the story, I'm just going to give my two cents on Terry Bradshaw. And this is not coming directly from a lifelong New England Patriots fan. This is coming from, and I'm not old enough to really remember Terry Bradshaw playing. I didn't really get into football until long after he had retired. However, that being said, um, Bradshaw needs to hang it up, you know? His babbling commentary during the pre-halftime and post-games for Fox, it's just too much. You know, there comes a time, and I think for commentators of sports, it's a a far longer career run life. But the arc for Terry Bradshaw, it's over. You know, I don't believe he's really driving eyeballs to the the screen anymore. I kind of equate him to anybody who's a baseball fan remembers Joe Morgan on ESPN Baseball Tonight. And there was a time when Joe just needed to get away from the broadcast. If you're in the New England market, you watch Red Sox games. It's like trying to intelligently listen to what Jim Rice has to say. You know, Jim, what's the key for the Red Sox to win tonight? Well, number one, they got to hit the ball. And if they hit the ball, they're going to score runs. If they score runs, they're going to win the game. I mean, deep analysis that you get. Terry Bradshaw's no different. He's a clown now on Fox. Um, but he stepped into a big pile of shit um, during the, mat- the taping of The Masked Singer. Um, he made racist comments to one of my favorite comedic actors. So I, you know, maybe I'm a little harder on him about this mixed with the fact that I think that the games passed him by in regards to NFL commentary and he's not a value add when I watch Fox anymore. So I want out, but he quote unquote called Ken Jong. And if you don't know who Ken Jong is, AKA Mr. Chow from the hangover movies, um, he was a judge on the mass singer. Ken is a phenomenal actor 
and one of the few actors who was also a medical doctor. He has his, his MD. Um, Ken's sharp wit, his sarcasm, um, his facial expressions, and his ability to dive into character are all attributes that I, I really enjoy about him. You know, So if someone was to pick on him, I have an issue with that. So to him, Terry Bradshaw said, quote, the little short guy from Japan in referencing Kim Jong. Now, to know Ken, and I don't know Ken well, I don't know Ken at all. I just know his work, the body of his work. I've watched interviews that he's done uh, on the work that he's done and, and on his life and on his progression as an actor and his career arc as a medical doctor. Um, Ken is South Korean. Okay, so that's not cool. He's not from Japan. He's not Japanese. He's South Korean. And I know to some that's splitting hairs. But to me, to lump all Asians together is super insensitive. He apologized later, but the greater narrative is at its core. Off-the-cuff statements like that are typically honest statements, if you ask me, a.k.a. a Freudian slip. You know, you may not mean to say it, but that doesn't mean that you didn't feel it when you said it. Um, and he apologized almost immediately. I'll give him credit for that. It was shortly after the taping. I guess the next day he had, you know, he thought about it overnight and it bothered him and he apologized. But it doesn't really address the underlying issues that allowed him to think it, say it, feel it. You know, I mean, I, I don't want to I, I don't want to take this down a negative, too negative of a turn, but that really bothered me. It was like, dude, you know, that's Ken Jong. He's. You know, don't lump Asians together like that. It's it's not fair to them. It's like it's like lumping uh, people from the continent of Africa all together as as one individual person or one individual group. They're not. Or people in Europe, you know, just calling somebody European, you know, lumping all Europeans together. There are Italians, Spaniards, Frenchmen, um, you name it. There are so many different people that make make up the asian culture that to to just lump them into japan is you know it's insensitive it'd be the same thing as to lump them into being chinese you know south koreans are south koreans um chinese are chinese japanese are japanese laotian are laotian i mean there are so many different denominations of asians across the world that to to lump them all into one i thought was a, a huge faux pas and just another nail in the coffin of the career that is Terry Bradshaw. It's time to get on the, the horse and slowly ride off into the sunset. I'll wave to you. I won't miss you, but I'll wave to you, and that'll be the end of it. That's my entertainment news. Hope that segment was good for everybody. I wish I had more sound effects that I could build into this, but I figured, what the hell tonight? I'm just going off the cuff. I'll jump from topic to topic. I'll let you know when I'm done with them. So next thing I want to cover today is Twitter is killing my vibe, yo. Um, and that is no joke. So I'm on Twitter. I have two accounts. I have my personal account and the one that I promoted a lot during the time I was doing Celtics post game. Um, it's the account that I've had the longest and most recently, the last eight to nine months, I've become very active on it. You know, I try to post at least daily and I, everything pops up in my feed. I get to read my feed. That particular account, I follow far more than follow me, but it's, you know, I'm following things of interest and blah, 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 long story short. Um, 
my news feed is totally killing my vibe lately. Now, on the podcast, which is uh, droppings underscore pod at Twitter, there I only have a couple of followers and I only follow a couple of things. And I do that on purpose. I want a cleaner timeline, you know. Uh, leading up to Avengers Endgame, it was I was following the Russo brothers, the individual actors, whether it's Mark Ruffalo, Scarlett Johansson, um, you name it. I, I was following them. Chris Evans, um, Hemsworth, uh, you, you, all of them. And so my timeline was filled with that. But now that the movie's been out and the week of spoilers is over and the next week of telling us all the behind the scenes stuff and the new plot twists, um, ideas that the writers actually thought about, but they never acted on. Now that all that is clear and in the rear view mirror, my timeline on that side is pretty dope. It's just quiet. I like it. I can, it's like a garden. I can manage the garden I have. The other one is like a forest with thickets um, because it's years worth of follows of things that were interesting to me at one point, but are no longer interesting. But these people are keep posting and the algorithm, for reasons I can't explain, continues to show me this shit. So, case in point, I'm on Twitter today. Um, short sip break here. So, I'm on Twitter today. And it's my lunch hour. I'm banging around. I have a limited amount of free time during the course of a day to, to dick around. Um, I try to check some sports, look for some insight. A um, couple of sports guys I follow here in the local Boston area, uh, Patrick Gilroy, who I work with. He's at Gilroy on uh, – uh, crap, I screwed up his handle. Eh, no big deal. I will do it on another podcast. Hopefully the next one um, will be with Patrick Gilroy from WEEI Late Night. Um, but I follow him. He has really He's a good Celtics insider, and if he doesn't have the information or if he has a question floating around in his brain, he – seeks his sources out and, and gains information and then spreads it to his followers on Twitter, which is great. Um, however, I also, because of the 2016 election and the 2018 midterms, I followed a lot of political figures um, in races across the United States because I was, I was paying attention to it as a concerned citizen. I'm interested in who the elected officials are. I was very interested in watching you know, how the House was going was gonna to split and run with the Dems going to take the majority, where the Republicans going to lose the majority and end up becoming the minority party in the House. How is the Senate midterms going to look? Were there enough seats to be, you know, forfeited and gained? It was, it was interesting. It was almost like a, a really long basketball or baseball game where you're just watching, you know, two heavyweights slug it out, but it was 200 heavyweights across this nation slugging it out and, you know, the presidential as well as the, the midterm elections. So those are all in my newsfeed. And I don't have to go into a diatribe about how the president of the United States um, should have his thumbs super glued to the chair in the overall office to keep him from tweeting. Um, I think we are all in agreement that um, less is more. And I really wish that that's a lesson that could be taught to a lot of politicians because it's not just Trump. Um, AOC is always in my, my news feed, blowing it up. Lindsey Graham is in my news feed, blowing it up. Um, Democratic and Republican senators and representatives from both the Senate and the House are in my news feed, blowing it up. Twitter, I have this to say to you. 
Remember when Twitter was less toxic? That was awesome. And that's really the point of that story. I, I just I find that between the president ranting and raving, AOC ranting and raving, Liz Warren ranting and raving, Lindsey Graham ranting and raving. Notice I'm trying to balance out my Republicans and Democrats that I mentioned. Um, and I'll even go with the libertarian. Rand Paul, everybody on Twitter that is screaming from the mountaintops. It's like enough. Just chill a little bit. You know, there's really no reason to to just constantly attend. It just seems like it's a, a, a limelight or an attention grab. And it it drives me insane. I just wish it would it would go away. I don't know how else to, to put that. But something came across my Twitter feed today at lunch. And I know it happened yesterday on the 13th, or maybe it happened over the weekend, but it started trending on my page, which was hashtag sex strike. Really? Alyssa Milano? Really? I don't particularly subscribe to either political base's core views. I don't particularly... If you had to pick a centrist at their core, I would be a centrist at my core. I don't, I don't swear allegiance to the Democratic Party. I don't swear allegiance to the Republican Party. I don't swear allegiance to the Tea Party, the Libertarian Party, the Authoritarian Party, the Socialist Party. I, 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 I don't give a shit, to be honest with you. I think that each one of those parties has some ideas that would truly work to benefit the nation um, as as a whole, whether it be from an economic growth perspective, a socio perspective across you know different um, economic groups within our country, I believe they all possess the good. Now there are malcontents and there are intention whores across every party. Tonight I just so happen to be picking on Alyssa Milano. And I do this for a couple of reasons. And number one, you know, I don't want to chastise anybody for having their own belief structure because I have my own and, I, and I'm unapologetic about it. Now, granted, I have like 300 followers on Twitter. I'm, no one's hearing me. I'm yelling in a, in a room with no windows and padded walls. No one can hear my thoughts or care. I don't have a voice of influence. However, I do have a podcast. And if I want to put you on blast, ba-boom. You're on blast. So Alyssa Milano um, has called for a hashtag sex strike in protest of the abortion law that was passed in the state of Georgia this past week. Now, I don't know the particulars of the abortion law. I do know that it, uh, um, it forbades abortion after the registration of a heartbeat, which is at six weeks. And, I understand the crassness of the, the 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 sentiment that that is you know that somebody is actually choosing um, arbitrarily what that timeline should be in order to exhibit control over a process. I think that's the best way to put it, and I can see the the inequality in that, and I can see the protest in that, and I understand it. What I don't understand 
is the sex strike. And so what I'd like to do is kind of peel that apart a little bit and look into it. So Alyssa Milano, you, you have to look at, you know, if you're going to be the, the face of it, you're going to have to be able to handle the slings and arrows. Now, it's without reproach that the president of the United States is I'm trying to find the right adjective. He, he is unpredictable. Um, he can be explosive, energetic, um, ill-informed, um, brash. You know, there are a lot of adjectives that you can use, but the one thing that I do take from Donald Trump is that, and I don't take it and make it my own, I just take it from his overall persona. He's never been any different than he is today. Let that sink in. He's not a chameleon. He doesn't change his skin. He has been the same person his entire life. Now, you may not like that person, and there is a vast majority of, uh, there is a vast number of people. I wouldn't say majority because the dude was elected. There is a vast number of people in this country that find him to be a vile human being that don't agree with his policies, that don't agree with his approach, that don't agree with the words he chooses, the, the foreign policy he employs. And some of those are fact-based. <laughs> you know, These are true misses in his overall persona. However, he has never tried to be anything he isn't. Alyssa, I know you're not listening to my podcast, but I have to ask you, have you ever tried to be anything that you weren't? Now, you were an actress. I use were past tense. I haven't seen you in anything new recently. Maybe that's a derogatory way for me to approach it. I'll say you are an actor, an actress. I have not watched any of your stuff recently. I remember you from Who's the Boss. I remember you from Charmed. Um, yeah, that's about it. So that's my memory of you. Now, understanding that you're playing roles... I do believe that in Charmed, given the outfits, the storyline, the casting, um, the cinematography, you were playing the role of a, um, I don't know, you were selling sex. That's what you were doing. That's how you get viewers to watch Charmed, because let's face it, the storyline was meh. Um, so you were pretending at that time while acting and being paid for it to be someone different than you are today. Um, what I'm getting at is just because you're famous, just because you're an actor or an actress, just because you have a platform where you reach a lot of people, that doesn't necessarily make you an icon. It doesn't make you a leader for the cause. Um, I don't know. I, I, there's something about it seems like she's trying too hard for a new role. And the problem is she isn't the right person for that role. I don't think that, you know, and, and it's been proven out through, you know, social media channels and news reports over the past couple of days. The hashtag's not catching on people. Why sex strike? You know, if you're, if you're practicing safe sex as is, what difference does it make if you have sex or don't have sex? Is this too... How does this relate to abortion? I, 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 I guess she missed the mark. And, you know, 
there are many other ways. I, I, I think the mark is supposed to be awareness. Okay. Um, but to say that there are many, many other ways to accomplish awareness and change is like an understatement. It just feels, I don't know, it just feeds into the belief that we must be shocking or provocative and brash. Like you're taking points from the man in the office for which you want to impeach, you want to investigate, you want to embarrass and publicly flog, you're employing his tactics. It's a fight fire with fire type of mentality. And I'm not sure that's really accomplishing your goal. And given the fact that your hashtag is falling flat through social media channels and, you know, no one's really listening, Alyssa, um, maybe you could pour some of your energy or your influence into a more creative way, given the fact that you are an actor or an actress. Maybe you could develop a role for yourself that is one that carries more weight, that carries more um, determination and does so in a way of unification, which is, you know, at the core, I believe, one of the core beliefs of the Democratic Party, which is unity, not divisiveness. Um, but that's just, you know, Maybe test the slogan out before the trolls and the Helcatens in your base decide that you misstepped. I don't know. I it, it just doesn't just doesn't fit. So Twitter's been really killing my vibe lately. Um, I'm hoping that it settles down, or I'm going to have to set aside a four-hour block on a Saturday or a Sunday to start peeling through the layers of that onion and just unfollowing so that I stop seeing the stuff popping up in my, my feed um, on a regular basis. So I need a break from negative Twitter. I want more positive Twitter, um, not on Instagram, not on Snapchat. It's just, for me, it's Twitter and Facebook. Facebook mainly to see what memory is going to pop up that I posted seven or eight years ago. And you know, Twitter to catch my news and opinion and commentary. So that would lead us to the end of Twitter's Killing My Vibe and bring us into my fifth topic of tonight, which is a fun one, because we should have fun topics from time to time, and I, I kind of really like this one. I call this one, What's Trending on Pornhub Today? <laughs> you know, because I got to think, every day somebody's got to be thinking of themselves, hey, What's trending on Pornhub today, right? So in the um, on a mobile device, not the website, not from a PC or a laptop, but from the mo a mobile device, whether you have an Android or an Apple, um, when you go to the site, it has a search window. And if you just tap inside the search window, you don't have to put a single letter in. It's going to tell, tell you what's the trending searches for the day. I just want you to know you're all a bunch of sick bastards because I looked today and Happy Mother's Day is the number one trending one. Uh, Tinder date comes me Tesla. Yeah. So we have illiterates trending number two on Pornhub today. Um, AJ Renee, I don't know who that is. Uh, Mother's Day, Mother Space S Day, Sexy Taxi, Taylor. Tesla, Tesla Autopilot. Tesla is big. And Taylor Jackson Tesla. So 
those are your Pornhub searches that are trending today. Um, I don't understand what some of these are. There's even one that's written in Chinese. Um, so I don't know what that stands for. I'm horrified to press these because you never know what's going to pop up. You know, I don't, I don't understand the Tesla autopilot thing unless somebody's having sex in an autopilot. Um, and okay, click the, click the feed. That's exactly what that is. So that's what's for, uh, trending on Pornhub today. I'm not going to look at any Pornhub while I do my podcast and probably won't look at it afterwards. Um, however, it's available to anybody that wants to check it out at Pornhub.com. Not a sponsor. Don't want to get confused. Not endorsing. Many free sites out there. Um, I just happened to think today, I wonder um, if anything ever trends on that. So I did a Google search and I found a Reddit sub subtext that was talking about um, the trending searches. So I wanted to check them out and then share them with you. My last topic for tonight is going to be kids oversharing. And if you have kids, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you don't have kids, listen along and it'll either push you in one direction or the other <laughs> as you decide whether or not to progress down the parental pathway. Um, those of you that have kids, you totally get this. Not only does the phrase, the kids, kids will say the darndest things, apply to every single plant, parent on the planet, but it also applies to all of our kids. Not only do they say the darndest things, Sometimes they say them at the darndest times, and I'll share a couple of my stories. Um, I had one, and the reason why I'm sharing these is, you know, they happen all the time in my house. There are three boys and one girl, and it is a frat house. It really is. I mean, the ages, I've mentioned it on a bunch of episodes. I'll mention it again for context. The boys are 16, 15, and 14 years old. The girl is 11. So do the math. You know, it is straight up B.O. central. Um, you have one that's into clothes, one that's into hair, one that's into uh, music, one that's into YouTube. And just some of the things that are said are hilarious. So case in point, um, I'm going to pick on my my daughter. So we went this past Friday to the father-daughter dance at the middle school, and it was great. We're there. She looks wonderful. She's in a nice little dress and sneakers. I'm wearing my, you know, a nice pair of khakis and a, and a dress shirt. We go to the father-daughter dance, and it's funny. It's the first one I've ever attended. Um, my 11-year-old is my stepdaughter. So this is our first, you know, year together um, as a full unit family blending of the two families. And so the opportunity arose on Friday and she asked me if I'd take her. And I said, absolutely. Now in my mind's eye, I imagine this, you know, slightly awkward dance where they have, you know, snacks and the, the kids all get in there. They dance with their friends and then a slow song comes on. They dance with their dad, slow songs off. They're bouncing around with their friends. Well, that was only partly right. Um, there were no snacks and the girls rarely, if ever, danced with a, any dad in the room. And it turned into all the dads getting together. And I live in a fairly small town in New Hampshire. So I knew 80% of the dads there. And by the end of the night, I had met 100%. Um, we were the ones that were in a circle. 
girls didn't want to dance with us. They just needed a ride to the dance and be at a dance. Excuse me. Be at a dance where they weren't being. I don't believe that I am yawning after drinking a monster, but it happens. Um, But literally, we were just the chauffeurs. We brought them there. And then we brought them back out. So we're there. It it ends. Um, my daughter says to me, you know, I heard that it's a tradition that at the end of the father-daughter dance that everybody goes to the ice cream shop in the center of town and they stay open as late as they have to to make sure that everybody has ice cream. I'm like, bullshit. <laughs> but I'll check it out. We have to drive by it on our way home. So we drive by. I shit you not, we pulled up. There are 70 kids outside of this place. And if there's 70 kids, there's 50 adults. So I went, holy, holy shit. We pulled in, got ice cream. While we're getting it, my daughter is literally reverting back to a three-year-old in regards to eating ice cream. She has ice cream all around her face, from the tip of her nose to the tip of her chin, on the sides, both cheeks. She's covered up. Um, It's dripping onto her nice dress and the funny piece for me was that I didn't even think about it until I started noticing her making a horrific mess. Um, I have a car that I just bought a week ago and it still has the new car smell. I don't want this ice cream dripping girl coming into my car. So it was essential that we finished the ice creams before we got in the car and that she toweled off, so to speak. So she does, we get in the car and she's giggling. And I said, what's so funny? And she says, do you remember when I was eating my ice cream? I sneezed. I said, yeah. She said, I peed a little bit. Okay. Um, Two things. Number one, didn't need to know that. Number two, you're about to get into my new car and you peed a little bit? Like, I don't know what that means. You know, because guys, there's no such thing as we pee a little bit. Maybe when you get older, I don't know. For me, I never pee a little bit. If I have to pee, I pee. And never have I just sneezed and peed. I, 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 I can't identify with that, but needless to say, so that's not an overshare so much because it's father-daughter communication. Well, we go home, we go to bed, we wake up in the morning and we have to drive an hour and 10 minutes from our house to our soccer game. And we have to pick up a cup, you know, we're picking up a player on the way there and taking two players home on the way back. Now, mind you, This is my daughter's first year in New Hampshire, first year in the school system. She is super outgoing, has no problem meeting people. And this is her first year on this particular soccer team. And so a lot of these girls, you know, they pull them from different communities because, again, I live in a small community. So some are from our town and some are from surrounding towns. They don't necessarily know each other um, outside of soccer. So we pick up pick up another player and we're driving. No sooner do we get, I don't know, two, maybe three minutes max of this new person in the car than my daughter turns to her and decides to share the peeing in her pants story from the night before to which I go, wow, I can't believe the kids are not afraid to overshare like that. And to her friend's credit, the friend wasn't even phased. She's like, oh, that that's weird. That's never happened to me. To which I think my daughter felt like, well, here's an opportunity to upsell this. She says, did you know that my dad, and I'm in the front seat, she says, is horrified of gingies? We don't have any gingies on our team, do we? Gingy is a derogatory term that I use for redheads. Um, And the girl says, no, we don't have any redheads on the team. She says, good, because he believes they suck the soul right out of you. She shared that with somebody who 
I didn't want that shared. She goes, he's also afraid of little people. Awesome. Now the world knows I'm afraid of little people and I'm afraid of redheads. So I share that story with her dad um, at the game. I said, hey, listen, this is what went down. He says, oh, my God. He, I said, I hope she's not horrified. He said, horrified? I'm surprised she didn't turn and rip one in your back seat. So that was a bit of oversharing. Um, another overshare that we had is my son um, talks about his dumps to anybody with ears. Has since he's a kid, does now. Looks at it as it's the same as pouring a bowl of cereal. Doesn't have any problem sharing his stories with you. Um, I have another son who, again, they they just, there's no filter on them. They'll share anything they want. And I wonder, like, was I like that as a kid? I don't remember being like that, but I wonder. You know, was I that kid that overshared? Did I... Did I tell everything that was going on in my brain the second it was going on, or was I more quiet and reserved? I, I'm not 100% sure, but it's one thing that when I, I look back, I kind of giggle about. But I don't really have many other oversharing stories that I want to tell on the podcast. As I was starting to tell them, I started thinking to myself, you know, they know I do the podcast. They listen occasionally. They have an Amazon-enabled device, so all they have to say is, Alexa, play Brain Droppings podcast on TuneIn, and they know they're going to get the latest episode of my podcast. It's in the kitchen. So I think we'll end there. That's a good, that's a good spot for us. Um, I will tell you that you can find me on iTunes. Uh, you can find me on iHeart. You can find me on Google Play, Google Music, um, Pandora, Spotify, and as I mentioned, on any Alexa-enabled device through Amazon, as well as TuneIn. Uh, so please, please keep checking out my podcasts. Um, I will be doing one uh, probably in the next five or so days with hopefully Patrick Gilroy from WEEI late night in Boston um, and topic TBD. So for now, I'm Joe show. You've been listening to brain dropping season one, episode 12 observations. Keep listening and don't forget to follow me on Twitter at droppings underscore pod. Have a great night. Peace. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.